What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here, a.k.a. the Kimura King, a.k.a. the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. And about a week ago, I was talking to one of my lady friends, and she was talking about some of the um, issues she has at the gym with guys being idiots. And a lot of these issues I haven't heard before because I'm part of a gym where... You know, I don't really roll with too many new women. Uh, the most of the women I train with, I know I've known for many years. So they're like my sisters pretty much. So I kind of become really out of the loop on etiquette and stuff like that. So I brought a home girl of mine on the podcast, Baby Assassin. She competes. She's a brown belt. Super cool. And um, we go over a lot of the pet peeves. Some of the things you shouldn't do when you roll with the ladies, um, a female perspective on this on the sport, and what to do if you feel uncomfortable in a male-dominated situation. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at k o o l r a k at Immortals Jujitsu at Rambling with Rack and check out my school website at it's uh, immortalsjujitsu.com. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Stolton of Strangles here. And today I'm here with a very special friend of mine, baby assassin, Michelle Nunez. She Michelle is a... Nunez, yes. Nunez. I'm sorry. I think I said no. it right. <laughs> anyway, BJJ Brown Belt, competitor, overall badass, film, media editor, filmmaker, just a person of many talents. Um, you can find her on Instagram at Baby Assassin. Do you have any other places where I could plug you? No, that's good. Oh, um, I also run Jujitsu Junkies. Nice, awesome, Jujitsu Junkies as well, guys. Check it out. Um, yeah, so I wanted to. Uh, today's topic is a topic that has been spoken of before, but I feel like people really don't get down to the nitty gritty here you know uh, they'll just talk about one or two things but today we're going to go super in depth we are going to go in depth on how to not be an idiot when rolling (laughs) with the ladies so we got a little outline here what do you think the first thing uh, we should talk about is as far as this topic goes okay so i didn't know it's like gonna be specific to like ladies but yeah I think I feel like this is for everyone though. This the one that I want to start with is like um mm-hmm. bad hygiene. So I feel like that's just with everybody in general. Mm-hmm. Like don't be an asshole and like wash your gi, you know? Or like let it dry. Sometimes I get the excuses of like, oh, you know, I didn't leave it in the dryer for long. Sorry, it's a little musky. And it's like the fact that you're telling me is even worse. Like, yeah, because you, just, you know. You yes. Know you're being an asshole. Yes. It's like, dude, come on. Oh, it's the worst. It's and what's your what's your worst. reaction when you when that happens? Well, you've met me before. I'm fucking nice. Um, yeah. I'm too nice. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, it's no problem. And then I just it is a problem. In. And then it's like they're the only per like everybody's taken. So it's not like I can be an asshole because then I'm gonna have no training partner. You know what I mean? So I got to take advantage of that hour and just finish my training with that stinking, smelly person. Yeah. 
for me, if someone smells like unbearable to where I think I can get sick from it, you're gonna I tell just, them. I just straight up tell them, "Sorry, man, I'm not rolling with you." And then I'll just oh literally, yeah, and I literally just wait there until the round's over and get oh someone new. Oh my god, it's because I feel like you're just so blunt. I, like I feel like you, well, you're from New York. I feel like people in New York they're just so direct and blunt. Very true. Like it's just very normal for you guys. Which is yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah, for me, I feel like a lot of people here in California were just like, ah, we like to just like coat things up nicely and sweet. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. I ain't getting, I ain't getting no infections because of anybody. Oh, my God. I've never gotten an infection. Out of all the years of training, I've never got ringworm or anything like that. You do mostly so. be, though? Yeah, well, yeah, most most of my jujitsu journey has been gi. It wasn't until, like, the last two years where I really did uh, no gi. Because, like, no gi, we only have it on Fridays. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? I don't really get yeah. to do it as much. So I guess maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know as far as the, uh, if it's higher risk or whatnot. But, um, you know, definitely a little more skin-to-skin contact, especially yeah. For those who are not wearing enough clothes, which is a topic mm-hmm. I wanted to go into. Okay. Um, I I always used to rock the old school Valley Tudo shorts <laughs> because number one, I just so much more comfortable. Number two, I just think my legs look so much nicer in them. And uh <laughs> and um Number three, you know, I feel like a lot of MMA fighters wear those. I think it's a little, just a little more practical. So I wanted to ask, a girl told me like that women Mm -hmm. hate it, hate it when men wear those Valley Tudo shorts. Hmm. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Like, well, people at my gym, I don't think I've experienced that. They wear, like, regular shorts. They're, like, looser. They're much Mm -hmm. looser. And sometimes they even wear spats under. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I've experienced, like, rolling with somebody somebody like that. I don't Mm -hmm. think it would make me uncomfortable. I would just be, like, I feel like I would have to, like, be more cautious not Mm -hmm. to be there. Because I've done it before, and it's, like, the worst thing ever. Why? I feel... (laughs) Like hit them in the fucking dick, you know, nah. and they get all like. Nah, By the way, what's like... that? What's that crumpling noise I hear? Uh oh, I'm eating a croissant. Damn, like you're so strict with this podcast. <laughs> you're like no background noise. What's that? Like I get a like... lot of I get a lot of complaints for it. That's why. Oh, you get like, you oh, get a lot of feedback. The okay, fuck, the I audio see. snobs are like, oh, okay. this, oh my god, oh fuck them. We're here to hear the conversation, not. Yeah dissect your podcast i don't know what it is anchor because since it's not a microphone and all that i think the the actual yeah. audio is very sensitive so it picks up everything yeah yeah and you asked about anchor it's literally when i wanted to start a podcast i'm like oh i gotta buy a mic i gotta mm-hmm. buy this i gotta buy, and i'm like fuck that and someone just told me anchor you literally do it on your phone yeah so but I just see, got... then, then you get this problem though where like all the feedback of the background noise and all yeah. that stuff but now, anyway that's cool though it's very easy like that's cool yeah what well, if if this takes off it's doing okay but once it takes off then i'll invest in all the all the equipment you know yeah yeah totally yeah well um your pet peeve of mine that mm-hmm. i feel like um is annoying is that the person that's a chatterbox oh my god i hate that <laughs> Like, look, I love having conversations like, yeah, I haven't seen you in a bit or whatever. 
but it's like I only get a certain amount of time to train Mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to drilling I cannot I can't like like they'll stop and they'll tell me something and I'm like let's continue doing the move and again I'm nice you know so I'm just like waiting for them to finish their fucking story and I'm just like oh my god like I'm here to train and then by the time it's my turn I, I only got to drill it like once or twice you know and that's a complete waste of time because you probably didn't probably didn't retain anything. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I when I was in my younger years, I was a lot more patient, but now it's just like, bro, just shut <laughs> the fuck up, please. Younger like, years? How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Oh man, I don't think anybody knows how old I am. But <laughs> is that rude to ask too? Um, I don't know. I I don't care when people ask me. You know how people are like, don't ask a lady. How old she is, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I'm going to get fucking old. What's the big deal? Oh, man. You know? Um, I'm over I'm over 30, I'll tell you that. You're over 30. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When That's I was... not bad. Other than You're mature. Just, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we could, we could call it that. <laughs> I call it being an old fuck. But, um, yeah, back in the day in the gym... Uh, not even jujitsu at a regular gym. I'll be in the middle of a workout and some old man will come up to me. Oh, you do this? You deadlift? I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to do that back in football. And then they would talk <laughs> for a fucking hour and I would just sit there and listen to them like an idiot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it happened to me again in the gym like a month ago. And, uh, you know, he tried to talk to me and I just put my headphones on and ignored him. I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to do that a couple of years ago. Oh my god. See, I I can't do that. I just like I guess I'm too like empathetic or I put myself in their shoes. Like I'm like, damn, if someone were to like just like ignore me, like that would hurt my feelings, you know? <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm not going to do that to them. Like maybe they don't have anybody to talk to, you know? Mm. But then uh, like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like there are times where I will lose my patience and I'm just like, that's it. Like I'm going to like, you know, talk yeah. to stop. Because it's inconsiderate on their part as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one thing we have on the outline here is um, this is this is a this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Someone, the guy that goes too freaking hard, and the guy that goes too. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a really good. Yeah, that's a good one. I've kind of I've kind of been very. Um, I've been kind of displaced from this because the girls on the squad, they're pretty much like my sisters at this point. So we just know, yeah. we know. And yeah. I haven't really rolled with any new women in a long time. Mm-hmm. So how does one gauge how hard to go, how easy to go, you know? But uh, see, like you said, like the girls in your squad, you, it's already be, like, it's comfortable. You don't, you probably just forgot how you started with them. But if yeah. you think back, like well at least for me like whenever I roll with like new people especially for me because it's different I'm literally 411 uh-huh. or I think 410 I don't know but I'm 411 and I'm like what like 110 pounds so for me like it's very different like when I roll with wipeouts especially the guys mm-hmm. like I am always calm because I it's either one they can go ham on me because I'm a girl and they don't Mm -hmm. want to lose to a girl and they're new (coughs) or two I could end up injuring them you know if I don't if I like like I think one time I had an arm bar on like this wrestler white belt and he wouldn't tap and I was like I'm just gonna hold it on a little longer like like and then like you know 
um he almost got hurt but my professor was like Michelle and I was like okay so I let it go so I was kind of like okay it's also on me too to like know so it's a little bit harder for me because I can't gauge so I think I guess to summarize it is like maybe you should start like at a certain number you know maybe Mm. like start at like 50 and then whatever they give you you can start to up it 60 70 and then you can reach your 100 with that person you know what I'm saying I don't know that's for me at least like it's different for me because I'm always going to be the smaller person. Yeah. Um, and that's what to me when it comes to white belts. But in general, with other belts, you know, blue, purple, or whatever, whenever I go visit gyms or like I'm some people visit ours or if someone's new, um, I'll gauge. I'll definitely gauge first and I'll start at 50 just to make sure um, to see if they're not going to get aggressive with me, um, you know, just to see. And then if I see like, oh, this person doesn't really know that much, then I'll like. I'll just stay at that level and see what mm. they give me, you know? I, that's how I do it. But I feel, and I feel like that's how it should be for, for people, right? Like, you don't want to just start 100 with a person because you don't know if they're going to hurt you. you yeah. Know? And um, and do you think it's a good idea to ask before you guys roll, like, hey, do you have a tournament coming up? Do you want to go hard? Do you want to go light? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not... Uh, I don't think it should be a requirement like hey like before we roll hey do you want me to go like like no that's that's stupid like <laughs> but I think it is a good etiquette to ask your training partner if they're going to compete just because it's just different yeah you know like you don't want to injure them that's different like hey are you you're competing soon right all right like that way I know not to go like you know too much or whatever or when I get in the moment I'll know to like release you know that moment or whatever but i feel like um no you should that shouldn't be like a requirement like before you roll with someone like hey should i go light or heavy like no we're gonna fucking roll like in real life do you think someone's gonna come up to you and be like hey no. i'm about to kill you should i go easier, easier like no like... like no like that's it go you should you should know to like i feel like you should be like that like you should start at like 67 or you already know like how to start with the person just like you said you know those girls so you already know how to roll with them yeah. same for me there are some you know white belts and blue belts other people that i already know that i've already rolled with for a long time that i already know how much i can do and and mm. when to stay more calm you know and stuff like that and then they know how to do it with me too because I, I mean I, for all i know anybody could bench press me like all the guys at, at the gym most of the times like, it'll just be me. Like, I'm the only mm-hmm. girl sometimes. So, I'm like, I know all of these can just, like, flip me to the other side of the world, you know? But they yeah. won't do it. Like, they're, they, they're all, like, they'll, they'll still give me a good amount of pressure, you know, okay. where, like, it's realistic, where they're not mm. so easy. Because I have rolled, and I think this is on the list, too, and it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. I rolled with the person where they're they go so easy and like it feels like i'm rolling with a dummy like I See, might that's, as well that be- was the next question i was gonna ask so you know some people are like hey i want to be cautious but then they treat you like a like a fucking kid they're like yeah. oh it's that's con- that's though. fucking condescending honestly i think it's happened to me once a very long time ago mm-hmm. and um literally like he like it felt like he let me pass guard. He let me go into mount. He let me get the arm bar. Like, you know, like, he let, let me do every single move. And then, like, he just had, like, this dead look in his eye, which made me even more 
irritated because it was mm-hmm. just like he's just there like oh let let me get this over with so i can get my real role on that was that's like so condescending it's like then i don't need you like i i have a dummy at home like i'll just do it on my dummy like i don't need you exactly like don't don't sacrifice yourself for me like no get the fuck out of here like no that no that gets on my nerves like that's no and it, I, yeah, I, those I, are the two main problems people are either going way too light or way too hard people don't know but but that that's like you're being an asshole if you're if you're literally just being a dummy like a dead fish out of water Mm -hmm. and just letting them move you no that's that's being an asshole like you might as well tell the person hey i don't want to roll with you because i feel like i'm going to hurt you instead Mm -hmm. of let them get you you know what i mean yeah it's just different you should know it's not i don't know it can be hard it can be hard but i feel like if you've been training for more than like five years already you should know like Mm -hmm especially higher belts like you should know if you're a lower belt i get it mm-hmm. but if you're a higher belt it's like stop playing you you should know when to be technical and when you can use more of your strength with someone in your own weight class you know exactly and um but that's just me you said you said one thing that uh so i have um i have a lot of people that um you know are signing up and a lot of them are women that have never been in a martial art, okay? And you said that sometimes you're the only woman in the class. So I want to ask you, what are some tips uh, you could give to the female grapplers listening to this right now on how to overcome being the only woman in class and how to, uh, you know, some struggles you went through and how you were able to adapt to that, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, So when I first started, there was only like probably two more girls, I want to say, or three more girls, but they were never there every day. When I had first joined, Mm -hmm. I only wanted to train with girls. When I had first started this sport, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like I'm only going to, I only want to train with girls. And I did. Those girls were only there like on like a Thursday or something, but I wanted to train every day. So Mm -hmm. when they weren't there, it was difficult. And, um, yeah, so they made the effort to come the other days, but then there was just this one day where none of them showed up. Mm -hmm. And I still, till this day, remember, I was like a white belt. It was probably like, I don't know, a few months in. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I walked in and I looked at the mat. There was no girls, Mm -hmm. just guys. And like, literally I went, I walked back out. (laughs) I went back out and went into the girls locker room. And I was just staring at myself in the mirror and I was like, you know what? You drove all the way over here. And I just, I basically got out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, go at your own pace, but just realize that you do, you're going to have to get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the old adage, right? Like you only grow when you come out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. You don't grow if you stay in your comfort zone. So I kind of had to like, I literally had a talk in my, to myself in that mirror, in that locker room to go back out. And that was the best decision I ever made, even though it was so uncomfortable for me. Like I almost walked out and went back. The guys were like super nice. They were not, you know, they're not immature. It was all about training. And I ended up, I felt like I learned more. It's just a different type of training than when you train with the, with the girls, right? Yeah. You're going to get your own training with the girls, but when you go with the guys, like, it's just a little bit different. They're stronger, but they're still going to be technical, and you're just going to learn a lot more holes in your games. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, you know, 
you're not alone. There's a lot of girls that are not comfortable training with guys right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I tell my girlfriends, they're like, oh, my God, but, like, the sweat is going to drip in the eye with some guy that I don't know. And, like, those are your least of worries, you know. Once you get past that comfort zone, you're going to be so grateful that you pushed yourself because you're just entering like another level of this jujitsu world like so i would say just basically that that it's okay to feel uncomfortable but sooner or later you would just to come out of your comfort zone and also um to know your limits know that know your limits know your strengths and your weaknesses so don't go all ham with a guy you know just First, start slow, I would say, and then work your way up. Whatever they give you, you give it back. That way you don't injure yourself. Interesting. Um, well, At as, least that's how I survived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a smart way to think about it. And for me as a gym owner, I've had a couple of women sign up. Um, one of them already very experienced. Another one came in with her boyfriend who does jujitsu. So they would drill together. Mm-hmm. And I had another one who was pretty tough. She was kind of like one of the guys. Um, yeah. So as a gym owner, what what's some advice you could give me that when a girl comes in, how to make it as comfortable as possible for them? And like you said, you didn't want to roll with guys for a while. How to introduce them to jujitsu and make sure they never have that uncomfortable feeling. For me, you know, I just say you don't have to do the live rounds. You could do the drilling, and um, if they're if they're if it's a class with only guys that day, I say, is there anybody you want to drill with? You know, I don't just throw them with somebody. Yeah. So is, there, so is there anything, any other tips of advice you could give to a new gym owner that's trying to kind of figure that out? Those are good things that you're already doing. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is making them feel comfortable mm-hmm. and welcoming. So by really welcoming them and like introducing them to other teammates that you have Mm -hmm. so when I came in like I had to introduce myself to a few Mm -hmm. people and then the girls were the ones that introduced me so I would say maybe also introduce them to another female athlete that you have okay um because that helped me a lot too uh one of the girls I'm still friends with her today she's like a black belt now um she was very helpful she's the one that kind of like gave me the gym tour, walked me through everything, introduced me to to the guys. Like, it's just much more uh, welcoming when a female does it, but you can Mm -hmm. do it too. And then just just making them feel like this is home and that they Mm -hmm. don't have to be uncomfortable. Like, hey, like, if you need anything, let me know. Okay. Just like that. That type of hospitality, I would say, in the beginning. Interesting. So just, you know, introduce them to everyone, let them know we're there for them, and uh, that this is pretty much like a second home for them. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now, have you? What are your thoughts on? I see a lot of women's only open mats happening. Um, have you ever done something like that? No, I haven't. And um, I've actually, I've been wanting to go to one. Mm-hmm. We don't have that at our gym. We don't have too many girls. We're starting to get more females. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we just don't really have any like we haven't had any so we never like we barely started a woman's program so we're doing that every saturday and we're just gonna see how it goes but yeah i feel like not too many gyms uh have that and i would love to go to one if there's one but 
I think that would be great because, again, like I said earlier, it's a completely different role when you roll with the female versus when you roll with the guy. Um, the girls at our my gym, I think we have two black belts. I don't get to see them anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're older. They're doing their own thing now. So I don't really get to see them at the gym anymore. So I'm mostly rolling with lower belt girls, like white belts. Uh, I think there's a purple belt. And and then there's only one brown belt, and I don't get to see her as often either because she goes to school. So it's really different for me, you know, because I'm rolling with lower belt girls, mm-hmm. and then I'm rolling with higher belt guys. But I would love the opportunity to have more time to roll with either, like, the same belt or higher belt females because they're just much more technical Mm -hmm. and I would be able to see way more holes in my games as with the guys it's a lot more pressure right I'm just more used to defending right getting somebody Mm -hmm. off me the pressure so I feel like I don't I'm probably not able to use a lot of things that I could be using with females so I think women's mats are great I think why not I think it's important to already do co-ed but as well as woman's mat because you're gonna you're gonna find way more holes in your game it's just a different role they're more much more technical i'm not saying guys are not technical i'm just saying you know versus when you're rolling with a girl it's just a lot more technique that you're gonna be able to see that you're missing or at least i i have you know especially when i compete with someone my level i i realize i go oh yep this is where i'm at <laughs> i'm like this is where i'm at this is where i'm really at you know Interesting. and that's uh I, that's why i like competing too a lot yeah and uh it's nice to always see you at the same competitions mm-hmm. we're both traveling across the country all the time are you gonna do florida pens um i'm gonna be doing do it no- I'm doing no gi worlds in October, and you're. I think that's. Oh, that's in- right. You don't do gi, huh? I, I mean, I used to, but <laughs> I kind of like to focus more on. Uh, I yeah. like to focus more on no gi now. Um, and then so I'm you found you, you went from you know you went from starting out um, to getting out of your comfort zone, and now um, you're a higher belt rolling with the lower belt ladies um do you find yourself in kind of a mentorship position and i want to ask as a higher belt what do you find yourself telling the lower belt um women um you know what advice are you giving them currently to be able to just enjoy jujitsu better well i always tell them to to have fun and not get stressed out i sometimes uh, i see their frustrations and it reminds me of me uh-huh. When I was a white belt, like sometimes you kind of you kind of need that like reminder too. So I mm-hmm. I love love drilling with them and rolling with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find myself learning small details of just basic moves mm-hmm. that I already knew, but I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like you know, you just find yourself remembering way more details. I also feel like mm-hmm. that's also the brown belt path where you really really looking at all the details even from the basic moves. Yeah, um, and you're like, oh yeah, man, yeah, this yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like if I had this grip, like this makes such a difference, like just things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm even learning through myself when I'm helping them or I'm drilling with them. I'm learning how to, you know, coach more as well when I'm with them. And then, um, so yeah, so back to what I was saying, when I see them frustrated with the move, it reminds me of me that actually this other day, this white belt, uh, I think it was the flower sweep and she was frustrated because she couldn't, you know, do it she couldn't sweep at first and she was struggling and she was tall so I was just like I like literally like 
was like I had like a flashback of me I'm short and I remember that that was probably one of the hardest moves that took me a while to learn the flower sweep and I totally had forgotten about that this happened in like my white belt years oh wow! I don't think yeah I did not know how to, I could not flower sweep because I was I'm short I'm like 410 and like 110 pounds and like my legs were short like I just couldn't I couldn't get the you know the person over and I remember that I was so frustrated and my I remember my professor telling me like oh it's gonna take some time you know some people are good at one thing and other others are not and then vice versa and it like it kind of flew past my head when he said that I was just so frustrated that I couldn't get it Mm. and I remember I went home and I cried because I think it was like week two and I still couldn't do it or like a month and I remember like on my way home crying as the white belt because I couldn't get the fucking flowers flower and, and like I wouldn't have remembered the situation if it wasn't for her you know like wow. being so frustrated and then I, you know I remember that I finally learned how to get the sweep when I like a couple like six months later down the road mm-hmm. I think or I think it was almost even a year I think it took me a year just to learn that one but I was good at other moves you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like it was just that one move. And uh, I was so happy when I got it that I remembered how happy I was. It was like the greatest accomplishment for me as a lower belt at that time. Whereas for other people, maybe an arm bar would have been an accomplishment or something else, mm-hmm. right? But for me, that was an accomplishment. And it reminded me, it made me feel so good. And then at that moment, I told her like, trust me, I'm like, if I got it, you're going to be able to no. get it. You're, you're taller than me. And I told her my story and like, she ended up getting the sweep that same night. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh, my God. So it made me happy. And I was like, oh, my God, she reminded me of me. Like, I went home crying like a little bitch because I was all sad. I couldn't sweep someone. But. <laughs> and now you're crying yeah. because you helped someone and you're happy. Yes. And then I'm <laughs> crying and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So that's what, what, it is. what made of... you get into jujitsu? What made me get into jujitsu? Well, yeah. I would always, like, work out. I would always go to the gym. I kind of hated going to the gym because Mm -hmm. everything, you know, all the equipment was always taken. Mm -hmm. And I I started to just kind of get bored of it. And I needed to do something else. At the time, I was uh, into MMA fights. So, Mm -hmm. you know, UFC, all that stuff. Um, And then the Ronda Rousey and um, Gina were really the people that influenced me. I like, I really liked, loved them. Gina mm-hmm. Carano and uh, Ronda Rousey and I remember it was like Ronda and the Misha Tate fights those were the ones that you know I, I could really see the grappling there and um mm-hmm. I was like hey you know like I'm fucking tired of going to the gym like maybe maybe I could do what they're doing so I remember I googled like judo and jujitsu and it was because of them and I, I was also like a small person so I was like mm. I had done some research on because I, I almost considered Muay Thai but I was maybe Muay Thai won't, wouldn't be the best thing for me to start because I'm so small you know and I was like these girls are kicking ass so I googled uh-huh. judo and jujitsu and I almost did judo I remember calling a judo school but I think it was like too far for me and then I went to a kickboxing gym but I, again I was like no nah, I don't want to do that I want to do something more like judo and jujitsu mm-hmm. like something more on the floor then I saw a jujitsu school that was literally across the street from where I used to work wow in Arcadia. and I was like hmm, like I called them and then they were like yeah you can come on in and I was like okay so I went during my lunch like wow. I had like a one hour lunch and I literally was just like a five minute walk because it was across from my job I walked in 
And uh, I remember I had my freaking blonde hair, makeup on, and I just see all these guys, like the mats were full of just men on the floor. And I was like, fuck, I don't see any girls. But I had spoken to a female on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I also walked in. And I had seen all these men and I was like, oh my God, they're like all sweaty and rolling on each other. But it looked so dope. Like, I was like, fuck, how are they doing this? And I was just like, are there any ladies? And then like the girl comes out, which I know her today, Taya. She's the best. She's the one. Uh-huh. She's the one. She's and uh, the yeah, one. She, yeah, she's the one. She was so welcoming, so informative. And then uh, she introduced me to the, you know, my professor right there. And, you know, at the time he had a, a way thicker Brazilian accent. So it was so hard for me to understand him. You know, it was like, what, a long time ago, like eight years ago, maybe. Wow. Anyway, um, yeah. And from that day on, they were like, you know what? You can try for a week for free. And if wow. you like it, yeah, they were like, if you like it, you can, you know, do it. So I did. The first day, you know, of course, the first week I was with the ladies and, and I just liked it. I liked it a lot. I caught on pretty quick. Um, and so, yeah, like, I think one of the first moves that I learned where it was an arm bar, like, uh-huh, and I that's liked the best it a lot. Teach first. Yes, yes. And I, I, I enjoyed it. And like, as a joke, my professor would call me like Ronda Rousey. So I think that also like made me want to stay even more, you know, like that mm-hmm. ego, you're just like, Oh, my God, like your wipeout and your professor's calling you after mm-hmm. someone that you like and you googled. And that's the reason why you're training in the sport, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what also um, it was the confidence that he gave me. He's great too. Mm-hmm. He he's uh, super great. He remembers your name like by the third day, you know, mm-hmm. and he takes care of the lower belt. So him and Taya were the ones that made me really, uh, you know, want to continue to do it. And after that, I just got addicted. I I couldn't I couldn't stop. It was like I would go every day. I used to go like twice a day, like five days a week. You know when. My job was really flexible flexible at that time. Like, that's how much I fell in love with it, and I, I caught on with it. That's freaking amazing. Um, yeah, remembering the names is a, remember the names is a really, really important thing that I make sure yes. to always do. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's, like, number one, because if you think about it, if you put yourself in their shoes or walking into a place that you just signed up and you've only been there a week, you don't know anybody still, but then the person that signed you up the person that's going to teach you remembers your name you feel like oh hey like he remembers me like you're a person to them you're not just like a number you know number yeah um and as far as you know self-defense goes um i know you got into it because of ronda rousey and gina but what would you say jujitsu is a superior martial art for self-defense as compared to other ones especially for women I would say it's definitely really good for self-defense for women. Um, it is a, a lot more, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot more practical. I wouldn't, I guess that's the wrong word to say. Definitely jujitsu first because women, you know, they're always going to be a, li- a little bit, you know, s- smaller than men or whoever the attacker is, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to outpunch them. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're not going to outpunch them. So, jujitsu or, you know, judo, like those sports, especially jujitsu, it's it's a lot more practical because you're going to learn to actually escape things that you can get out of, right? If someone's on mount, you're going to be able to escape that. If someone's trying to choke you, you're going to be able to escape 
a chokehold. So it's just a lot more, um, it's a lot more better for self-defense in my opinion. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Um, because the weight, the weight differences means nothing anymore. Like Mm-mm. when I'm getting my ass kicked by people who are 130 pounds, <laughs> probably not going to happen in boxing or Muay Thai. Cause exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely why I definitely advocate, um, that type of stuff. So as far as competing, I know a lot of ladies come to my gym, um, for self-defense or they want to get in shape, but I do get the people that say they want to compete. So I wanted to ask you, uh, what made you compete? What inspired you? And what are some tips you could give to female competitors? Okay, yeah. So um, to be honest, I think I've only competed, I want to say twice as a white belt. No, once. Yeah, and I lost. And I remember that I was like, I don't ever want to compete again. Wow. <laughs> it was like a, a bad experience. Well, not a bad experience. At the time, I didn't take it well. Mm-hmm. So it was just too much pressure for me. I was super young. I was still, um, you know, going through some things. Mm-hmm. So it was just not the pressure that I, I guess I wanted at the time. But then, uh, you know, I, I think I went, I wanted, I got hungry again. I wanted to compete again. And I went, I did it again as a blue belt. I lost. Mm-hmm. And then I, or again, I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was still also young going through some things. So I kind of stopped for a bit and I just focused. I wanted to remember why I started jujitsu. It was getting to the point where I was like, oh, like it was so much pressure that I didn't want to train. And then that's wow. when you shouldn't compete. It's like you shouldn't compete if it's going to make you hate the thing that you love. Right. So I mm-hmm. kind of took a break from it and I was like, OK, remember why you started? Why do you love jujitsu? You know, so whatever. I just focus on jujitsu. And for that whole time, I focused on jujitsu. I, you know, I was so in love with it and then I was like the pandemic happened and I was like oh my god like I want to compete <laughs> mm-hmm. you know the pandemic and I was like I don't know if like the world's really gonna end or like huh. if I'm ever gonna be able to do this again and like you know I'm like I had just gotten my brown belt too mm-hmm. and um no no I was a purple belt I was a purple belt and I was like I need to compete I need to compete because imagine if the world really ended and I didn't, I never got to mm. test my skills to test like, you know, how good of whatever belt I was, I am. Right. And I wish yeah. I would have continued. I wish I would have continued as a white belt. I wish I was a lot more mentally stronger mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it would have helped me way more today. I definitely think um, competing is good for you because It not only helps you mentally, right? It helps you get past that mental pressure. It helps you succeed. It helps you think better under pressure, but it also helps you in your game. It really opens up a lot. It's different when you do open mat, right? You're going to do open mat. These people have already been training with you for years. They already know what you're good at, what you're not, and you already know their game. So it's just the same, right? It's the same for years. But then when you compete, you don't know who you're competing against. You don't know what their game is. You don't know what they're good at. They don't know your game. So then you really get to see and get to put your skills to test, you know? And then you get to see like, damn, like, this is what I've learned in this amount of years. This is what I need to work on. This is what I'm good on. You know, it really opens up your eyes and you get to see 
how much he really learned. And uh, now I'm like, I, I love competing because it, I feel like I progress much faster too. Mm-hmm. I get to see my holes better and I'm like, oh, like I got to improve this or I got to improve this escape or I got to defend more or I got to, you know, work on my offense. So definitely um, that's why I do it. For me, it helps me. And not only that, it also, when it comes to the, the mental pressure, gosh, the fear, like I used to tell my professor, like, oh, are the nerves going to go away? Like when I'm like, uh, you know, brown belt or black belt, like, and he's like, he starts laughing. He's like, Michelle, the nerves never go away. He's like, they're always going to be there. You just have to learn how to embrace them and use them. You know, don't let them use you. You use them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I would say. Like, that's my advice is like, don't let fear cripple you. Uh, don't let it paralyze you. Like use it, use it to get stronger. Yeah. Mentally I agree with you on that. Um, similar to your pandemic story. I remember it was 2000, 2015 when I got robbed at gun at gunpoint. Like I put, a Oh, gun wow. Yeah, During the pandemic? A, uh, no, this was 2015. Oh. A, a guy put a gun to my head um, and and robbed me. And uh, after that night, everything changed. I'm like, if I died, if he if he decided to blow my brains out, I would have just died yeah. a freaking common man who didn't. <laughs> uh, I would have died a commoner. And then <laughs> after that day. I completely revamped my life. I'm like, I'm literally going to live like it's my last day on earth. So Mm -hmm. I started, I started, you know, taking everything so much seriously. So sometimes you really need kind of a bad event to happen to transform your life. Definitely. I agree 100 because I feel like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have had more of a push. Um, I mean, I was competing before the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have that extra motivation yeah, I, even me seeing had. you this year, you really took it to the next level with the competing this year. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, like, you really don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. or like, you know, if I were to be on my deathbed and like, or like, and you know, and I had kids and they're like, oh, wow, yeah, you're a black belt. So did you compete? It's like, no, because I lost as a white belt. How pathetic would that sound? You know what I mean? Like. Like, oh, you just gave up. Like, you never kept trying. You never tested your skills. Like, no, I want to be able to be like, yeah, you know, like I, I competed, I tried, and this is what I learned. And, and it's fun times, man. It's fun times. I like it. I, I like it. Like, I love it so much now. Um, It was thanks to the pandemic that it did give me that extra push. And I, and I'm telling you, like, at least for me, I feel like I learned much more faster. I get to see like the holes in my games and, uh, yeah, the nerves don't go away. Of course not. But I do, I feel like with every competition, I do learn how to embrace them. Um, there's this quote. Do you know who Cuz Yamato is? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Damn, you're like, uh, of course. Yeah, he's Mike Tyson's he, trainer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said this quote. I hope I don't slaughter it. I don't know by memory, but he talks about fear. And like the way he says it, I'm just like, Damn. He, he talks about, I'm probably going to slaughter it because I can't Google it right now. But he's, he says, he says something about fear where he's like, fear is like fire. He's like, you can, you can use it to its advantage or it can create chaos, right? Mm. And if you can use it to your advantage, right? What does fire do? It can cook food for you when you're hungry. It can warm you in the winter. 
okay but just like fire it can also destroy your home so learn how to use it exactly. like don't be afraid of it and like that quote like he said it much better but like ever since i heard that i was like oh god like that's so true like i'm not gonna let my nerves paralyze me from performing you know um so it really helps me when i go compete when i um think like that you know and i'm like you know what like especially uh where where, where did i see you houston right yeah. yeah it was houston yeah especially that one it was the first time i had competed out of state mm. so even though you know i you know I did it because, like, I want everybody wants to win gold, right? Like, you want to be the best at what you're at. You love the sport and you want to be the best. Like, so obviously, like, I want to win, you know, um, and I want to test my skills. I want to, I want to prove that, like, hey, you know what? I've been training for eight years and this is what I, what I learned, right? So, not only that, you're going, fuck, like, I just took days off from work. I spent money on flight. I spent money on an Airbnb to compete and so all that pressure is going to make you 10 times more nervous you know? yeah so these are like different types of nerves and it's up to you you know are you going to let them paralyze you like from performing your best or are you going to take those nerves by the balls and just be like hey you know what let's fucking go like i'm here already like you know like i want to go back home on that flight happy that at least i performed my best not that i let these nerves fucking cripple me and i wasted this flight money and all this like you know if you think like that then it's just you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up for yourself you know but if you think like no like yeah i'm nervous i should be nervous if i'm nervous it's because i care i want to win right if you're not nervous then you don't care to win yeah so it's like embrace it like yeah i'm fucking nervous i want to win like and I'm going to fucking perform my best and do my best and, you know, see where that takes me. So I guess that would be my advice for people that are competing. Do it for you and embrace the pressure, but don't let it make you hate jujitsu. If it does take a break from it, like I did, and just go back to training, fall in love with it again. And then when you're ready, when you feel like you're at that mental capacity to train and embrace those nerves and go on that journey, do it because it's just so worth it. You learn so much not just physically, but mentally, like you just become a stronger person. Yeah, I, I tell everyone when they tell me people who've competed and they don't do it anymore. I'm like, so what what did you not like about it? they go the nerves? And I'm like, OK, but let me ask you one question. How did you feel afterwards? Mm -hmm. And they always tell me the same thing. They told me they fe it felt amazing because yeah. you literally grow not you don't just grow as a jujitsu person you grow as a human being mm -hmm. so i'm like you gotta put you put yourself through struggles in life and and competing to me is, is one of those important struggles that could help you so much yeah yeah it, just like you said not just in jujitsu but you as a person like your character develops you just you're just like on the next level in life and like you know into reaching your goals right People mm -hmm. want success. People want to reach their goals, but you're going to have to push. You're going to have to have perseverance. You know, you mm -hmm. can't have, you're going to have to be resilient, right? You're going to have to bounce back from setbacks that are going to happen to you. And you can't let setbacks make you want to quit, you know, mm -hmm. because that's everyone's natural reaction, right? It's yeah. Just like quit, like just give up if they don't get it the first time. But sometimes you're just three feet from gold. You know, you're just like that close. Mm -hmm. to reaching your success but you you quit you know yeah 
and you get to never really truly realize your actual potential you know exactly exactly and, um, i wanted to ask you this is a fun question i asked people uh how many training sessions does one competition equal to like what do you mean like the feeling afterwards when you're sore um, <laughs> no so so let's say i do a training session and you know i gain in my let's just call it skill points i gain 30 skill points in my brain right competing as as compared to a training session what how much how many training sessions of skill do you gain by competing oh yeah yeah that i've been like i feel like i've been saying this like gosh i want to say it's just like a like i i i think of it as levels it's just you're just like i want to say i don't i can't even maybe like a month of training <laughs> or something yeah that's funny because you know what i'm I, saying i think i i consider it 30 training sessions yeah i i would say a month it's like yeah that's how much i feel like i learn you know and then i come back to open mat and i'm like i feel good you know i'm just like damn like i learned i learned a lot because you know you just feel it when you like have you ever done that where after you compete you go back you want to go back right you're like hungry to go back again mm -hmm. to go trade and then you just feel good. You already see like your improvement. You yeah, know? right it's, away. It's crazy. Yeah, you're just like, oh damn. I want and sometimes level. you see like, where's my fucking strike? No, I'm just right. <laughs> I'll be I'll be in training. I'll do like a north south choke, and they'll tap because they get bored. I'll do an arm triangle, and they'll tap. But when you're going against someone who's ready to pass out or get their arm yeah. broken. I'm like, wait, the north-south troll yes. doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly. the arms only arm bar. Do I have enough strength to break a man's yeah. arm with just my arm? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. So totally. I know what to take out of my arsenal too. After that, me too, me too, me too. Exactly. What are some moves you took? You've taken out of your arsenal and added just because of competing. I want to say, definitely the the arm bar from mount yeah yeah that one like a lot uh you know people at when you go train in open mat they'll tap sometimes right away yeah you know and then when you're competing you're like what the like fuck like you're and not, now you're like, gas <laughs> yeah and i'm like damn like they they really like don't care if they break their arm you know um so definitely that what else i've learned also uh the rear naked choke too Oh god, and the the guillotine, the guillotine is something that now I'm very like. <laughs> that's kind of like one of my weaknesses and something that I'm trying to uh, improve more because mm -hmm. sometimes at the gym they'll tap easily, but then at a comp like you you'll guess out if you're not doing it right, and then exactly. you're just wasting your arm. Like that one is like where I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna have to let's uh you know. Let's practice that a little more. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was the arm triangle because that takes a lot of gas out of your arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I now... don't even try that. Oh, yeah. really? No, it's just I'm too... So, well, the guys are all big at the gym. It just doesn't work on me. Oh. For me, yeah. yeah. And then, like, I when I go with the girls, I, don't, I won't try that. I'll just do other stuff. But, yeah, oh, the really? guys, usually they have, like, huge shoulders. <laughs> 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 and I'm just, like, with my little arm, you know? Yeah. So... But it doesn't matter how tough somebody is. You oh, get them you in a traditional what? arm bar or a oh, triangle, yeah. they're 100% oh, going to sleep. 100. Something, a, a defense. Actually, uh, in one of my recent competitions, so 
uh, I think this girl was trying to get me in an arm triangle too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did like a, you know, the telephone trick. Yeah. Okay. So that really worked. Like I remember this is kind of, I guess you would say reverse. So when I would mm-hmm. do it in open map, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even want to try the telephone trick. I was like, this isn't going to work. Cause they're freaking huge or like this, that mm-hmm. whatever. So I'd be that person that would like try to escape if I couldn't I'm like, whatever, I'll just tap. But then in competition, I was like, Oh fuck this. I don't want to tap. So I remembered the telephone trick and I actually did it in competition and I was able to get out of it. So that, that was like a little bit more reverse for me where like I didn't do it in open mat, but I knew of it. And then I did it mm-hmm. in competition and it worked. And now I do it in open mat. <laughs> you know that's what I'm saying? Amazing. So that's like reverse. That was like a reverse for me. Um, but yeah, definitely that one. Yeah. You learn in the hardest times. What yes. Actually works. Where you're that's just like, yep, yep. When you're about to die, it's like, um, oh yeah, you're going to do anything. When's your, when's your next, when's your next one? September, I want. I'm doing pans. I'm doing gi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't. I haven't done gi competition in a while. The last one I won was as a purple belt. Oh so, really? Yeah, I got double gold, but it was one of those. Uh, what is it called? American Nationals or something? Not. It wasn't IBJJF. It was um, NABJJ or something like that. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. So that, but that was like last time I was like a purple belt. Now I'm a brown belt. So we'll see how it goes. All right, mm-hmm. with the gi. So I've been training more in the gi recently. Oh, really? Although, yeah, I enjoy no-gi, too. A lot. I enjoy no-gi because I'm allowed to, you know, do all the sinful, sinful submissions. Yeah. <laughs> You're all heel hooks. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, actually, we've... I wanted to ask you real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you know, you that you own your gym. Yeah. You Do you train your white belts? Uh, do you have them do heel hooks or at what belt level do you do them okay so this is what we this is what this is what i did um in the beginning i had a rule you can do heel hooks right if you're a, if you're a white belt you you cannot roll with another white belt and do heel hooks but if a blue and a white go you can both do heel hooks oh, okay. one of them is smart, smart enough to yeah. not hurt and one of them is smart enough to er, tap early so you but, do blue belts too but yeah, now it's gotten to the point where my white belts are pretty, pretty tough. Like they're winning yeah. intermediate divisions. So now I just now I just let everyone do heel hooks. Yeah, yeah. And we okay. haven't had anyone get hurt, which is amazing. That's good. Yeah, you right. you got to teach them early, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have learned early. I when, didn't. Learn when do you guys? When are you guys allowed to? Well, to be honest, at our gym, we were never allowed to heel hook mm-hmm. ever, ever. Oh, wow. Um, the only thing we could do were like, you know, toe holds, knee bars. But no, no, like toe holds, knee bars, that was mm-hmm. only reserved for brown. Some purple belts would get away with it. Uh-huh. Uh, but my professor is a lot more lenient now, especially with the rules changes. So he started being lenient, I want to say, two years ago. Two years oh, wow. Ago. Because the IBJJF rule changes? Well, the, the rules barely just changed recently. He just just on his own started to be uh, lenient before the rules changed. Nice. And now he's a lot more lenient that the rules change. But yeah, I mean, I guess he would realize that he would see some of us like still do them, even though he would say not to. <laughs> and he would, <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, like I might as well let them. And he knew that we weren't going to hurt ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. but he will not now, like he's a lot more lenient, but he doesn't allow white belts at all to heel hook blue belts at all. Mm-hmm. Unless they're rolling with like a higher belt, like, 
me because I'll, I'm not going to freaking break their, their leg. You know, I'll know mm-hmm. if they're not going to tap, I'll let go. Cause there are times where they won't tap and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let go. Yeah. With, you especially know? with heel hooks. Yeah. I'll go with a super stubborn person. Even if they're an asshole, yeah. I, will, I will let go. Cause the yes. last thing I want is. Yes. Cause that's <laughs> a major injury. Yeah. Yeah. And I let them know after I'm like, bro, you yeah. got to tap earlier. Yeah. Um, you have a really funny uh, note here that I wanted to go over when we did the outline for the episode. You said, um, the excuses guy, I have a bad knee, then proceeds to suplex you. <laughs> Has that actually yes. happened to you? Yes. Okay. So, oh, God. Let's hear this. I think they... You got I think one of, them, one, of, one, one of the excuses I guys... I cannot believe No, you. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yes, there's this... There, I don't... I don't look if you have an injury like okay like fine you know tell them fine but don't go all ham like you're expecting me to take it easy on you mm-hmm. on that leg but then you're going crazy on me mm-hmm. so it's just like I don't know that gets on my nerves like that oh you know uh we gotta take it easy because Oh, my knee hurts or whatever and then they go crazy and then it's like what happened I thought your knee I thought your knee was hurt like like you're over here yeah didn't get um suplex but somebody else did somebody else no way yeah and yeah but this was a long long time ago long time ago i wasn't there i wasn't there they told me about it Mm -hmm. um but basically some guy he did that and of course the other guys got mad, so they all rolled with him and gave him a hard time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't like suplex her, but he literally just picked her up and dropped her on the ground. Oh my so, god! Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't even a move, and he was kind of new too, like not that new, like blue belt, I think. But he was like a big guy, so yeah. But that guy, he never came back anyway. So after, wow. after all the guys rolled with him and taught him that lesson, I guess. But wow. no. Speaking about the excuses, guys, there are some, like, that that are like that, you know? That they'll just be like, oh, you know, my elbow. Okay, be careful. And then, like, they'll go ham on you. And then it's it's just, like, kind of unfair, you know? Because it's like they're going ham on you, but you can only take it easy on their arm. How do you negate that? Because when someone comes with me and they say, I hurt my knee, I say, okay, no leg locks. I don't say, I'm going to watch out for your leg, but you can still go for mine. Say, all right, we're not doing leg locks. Someone hurt their neck. All right, we're not doing chokes. Someone hurt yeah. their arm. All right, we're not doing joint locks. You know what I mean? So you're saying like we're not like both of you are not. Both of you, you don't freaking go for my neck. I don't go. Oh, for your see, neck. that's good. That's good. See, no, they'll go for it. Oh no 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 <laughs> no, no yeah, make that real super like, clear. <laughs> like because then it makes me want to go for it back. You know? Yeah yeah yeah. Especially, yeah. especially when you're in that fifty fifty or something, you're just like, well, what the fuck? I'm yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like jesus yeah yeah that way i think is. that's the most fair way to go about it and it doesn't create any crazy situations yeah. so we are about to hit the one hour mark that went by really fast i really enjoyed it did. that it did i know uh, i'm sorry any... if i talk a lot no that's that's what we're here for to talk <laughs> um <laughs> what um what are some last plugs you want to do some last things you want to say before we wrap it up um, nothing. Just follow my page that is called at Jiu Jitsu Junkies with two S's at the end. Mm-hmm. 
And then no, I don't think Fabia I don't think Sassi anybody might. knows uh, that that's me. But that's me. Really? Am I? Do yeah. I follow that page? I don't know. Do you? I gotta go check it out now. I might follow you. I think I must have reposted your video. Yeah, go check it out right now. That's me. I don't think a lot of people know, and it's funny because sometimes people in the comments will be like, "Yeah, bro," or and it's like I don't correct them because I'm like, "That's funny." Like, that's I think awesome. It's, it's run by a guy. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right, well, thanks again for coming on, and hopefully we do an episode two sometime. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, then. Bye. So there you have it, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, and at Rambling with Rack. You could purchase my Sultan of Strangles Scarf Hold series on Teachable.com. The link is in my bio on Instagram. Add me on Facebook, M-I-K-E-R-A-K-S-H-A-N. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Feel free to ask me any questions or concerns or maybe what you want to have me um, do on the next podcast. Love you guys. Good night.